Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, welcome back to the Casey Adams Show. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Travis Chapel. We are here at the Blue Wire Studios in Las Vegas. And Travis, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, of course, dude. Thanks for having me. Of course. I, you know, it's, it's been so cool to, to not only build with you over the years, but just to see what you're building in the podcast space with Guestio. Uh, it's been super exciting. But I, again, I appreciate you coming out. I know you know, we're in your homeland in Las Vegas. Yes, sir. So uh, I appreciate you coming out to see Had to make an man. appearance, man. Had to of make course, an appearance. Of course, of yeah. <laughs> um, course. So to dive into it, I mean, dude, how are you? How's Guestio? I'd Not love too to, bad. And then, of course, for everyone that's listening, would love to give you a platform to just, you know, explain what Guestio is. Sure. Yeah, so Guestio kind of started out as, and, and you know this because we, we pretty much started our companies around the same time, and you actually diverted attention away from a project that was very similar to the yeah. one I was working on. So you understand... Uh, probably more than most, the need for something like this that's out there. And so the first <clears throat> initial idea for Guestio was kind of like cameo, but for booking professionals for appearances, whether it be like a, a spot on a podcast interview or a virtual event stage or something like that. And after we launched the platform, we were just doing the same thing that you're doing, right? Collecting feedback, getting users, yeah. you know, fixing stuff that's not working and really just trying to craft and find that product market fit and we really came to the conclusion that more people wanted to use the platform to get booked on shows rather than shows wanted to use it to book guests and so we kind of pivoted towards the end of last year and the end of 2021 to uh, essentially turning it into a platform that's a marketplace full of content platforms um, youtube channels or podcasts or blogs or newsletters that have available inventory and want to fill up those guest spots uh, but they actually want to make the money themselves instead of, you know, a booking agency stepping in and taking the money in the middle yep. and then paying the podcaster zero of it. What Guestio allows you to do is if you have guest spots or, you know, available on whatever platform that you have, 
you can charge directly for those guest spots to the people who want to get booked on your show if they're trying to promote something. Uh, so we're, we're kind of essentially using the software to, to cut out the middleman, but like at the same time, we work with a lot of podcast booking agencies because they love us. Yeah. Uh, it makes their job that much easier as well. So we're really just like trying to improve the process for all parties involved in these kind of like content tours. Like it, yeah. a lot of people look at it like PR. I, I tend to look at it almost more like a marketing campaign rather than PR because totally. it doesn't just bring you credibility. It brings you actual like traffic to yeah. your to your site or to your product or to your service. And so I look at it more like a platform marketing campaign and Guestio is kind of the engine that allows us to drive that. Very cool, man. Um, so you guys remind me, when did you, when did you guys launch officially? Uh, dude, our, our official launch was probably like December or January, like December 2020, January 2021. Got it. Yeah, I yeah. remember as you hit it right on the nail, like I've seen your journeys so much in terms of like the Guestio platform evolving. And then I know like even before media gets what I was working on podcast related, like we, we've seen the same, uh, like we see the same problem in the marketplace and it's, yep. it's so cool to see what you guys are doing. Um, how's the podcast going? It's good, dude. Yeah. The, I mean, the podcast is still the, you know, like it was a catalyst for yeah. basically everything that I do now, you know? So, uh, <clears throat> we, we still put out, put out a ton of content over the, the podcast called build your network. And then we actually started a new show, um, called figuring it out. Okay. And it's with my producer who's helped me produce basically all of the content that I do. He runs all my social and stuff. So he's one of the co-hosts. And then my wife is actually a co-host on that show. I, I've seen that. Yeah. 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 So Very cool. uh, that one's been a lot of fun. Uh, it allows us to talk to kind of a more wide array of individuals. It's more kind of almost like a life philosophy podcast. It's just yeah. about like, we're just all figuring it out. Like we're not coming from the place of we have all the answers and we're trying to teach you. It's more like we're all ans- we're all asking the right questions together about you know, parenting and relationships and business and personal finance and sex and like all the things that most people are not willing to talk about. We try to bring on people who have seemingly done a good job at those things (laughs) and ask them the right questions about it. So that's been kind of more of like a fun project. It's like, yeah, because podcasting before was always like more business. And and don't be wrong, I love talking about business, obviously. Uh, but this one's been kind of cool because like we'll yeah. have out people out to the house and we, we built like a studio out of a, a apartment that's uh, uh, attached to our house. And so we'll bring people out and we'll just kind of chill on yep. the couch, glass of wine, glass of whiskey, a beer or something like that and just kind of like talk. And it's yeah. way more relaxed and just a, a much sure. different atmosphere. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's been so cool. funny because I, I always tell people like I love doing the interviews, but on the same token, like I've been on shows that are very like group conversation oriented yeah and it's so much fun like that atmosphere and, and, and that level of just conversation it's right. different than like a one-on-one which is totally. uh, i'm sure that's a lot of fun just yeah. having that as a separate show as well it's been cool like seeing some of the feedback on it because you know you never really know what pe- how people are going to react until you just launch it and see and uh so before it was always about like oh travis gives good advice or whatever or has good questions and practical you know business tips or whatever on my other show and this one it's been like we're learning a lot but i also like there's uh, i was reading through some reviews today and people were just like i really like the comedy aspect or i really like <laughs> that it was funny i really like you know what i mean so yeah it's been kind of a cool um angle to approach it from where we're just kind of more relaxed it's a little bit of entertainment intertwined with still having fruitful conversations around difficult topics that are just hard to navigate in life. And for some reason, nobody talks about it. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, I'd love to pivot and just talk about podcasting overall. You know, you're not only an expert in that space, you're building in it. You, in terms of software, you have a couple shows. Um, You know, when I first got into podcasting four and a half years ago in 2017, the space was so different, right? When it comes to the shows, especially now the tools that are out there, I'd love to just get your thoughts on 
you know, where is the space now? How do you see it evolving? And, you know, what have you learned through building in the podcast space itself? I've learned that I'm more bullish on podcasting even than I was back in when (laughs) I started, which was 2017 as well. Um, I, the, the more that I get into the space and the more that we continue to see other forms of social media evolve, um, the more uh, the more bullish I am on the long tail of podcasting because it truly is the last platform that's geared for long term, like long form content consumption. As of October, November of 2021, TikTok took over as the most watch hours of any social platform yep. on the planet, even including YouTube, which was a crazy thing to me because they were. <laughs> YouTube has videos that are like 12 hours that people just leave on autoplay in the background because it's like white noise or like music (laughs) playlist or something like that. You know what I mean? Or Coco Melon for your kids. Like Lord knows I've spent (laughs) hundreds of hours watching Coco Melon. Um, And and, and so like to have a platform like TikTok come out with these like 60 second videos and their watch hours overtook YouTube, which has been around for like over a decade by that point. It It was a crazy, crazy stat to me. And that's why you see... Now, Instagram has reels. And if you post a video next to a reel, the video will get like one-tenth of the engagement the reel will get because they don't care about the videos anymore. They want you to be doing reels. Same with Facebook. Same with YouTube Shorts. You post YouTube YouTube Shorts. shorts YouTube Shorts gets way more traction than an actual YouTube video. Like everybody's moving to short form, short form, short form because our attention spans are so horribly low. (laughs) Um, And so podcasting is truly like the last a, a platform that's geared for long form content consumption. Yeah. So like if you're still listening to this episode of this show, like you've already spent more time with me and Casey than you would by consuming like a month's worth of Instagram content. You know what I mean? Literally. So like there, I mean, if you're trying to build trust with an audience, it, uh, like the, to me, that's still, there's still no better way to do it. Yeah. Um, radio is going to continue to to die further and further. Just the more people become aware of podcasting, uh, since we started in podcast in 2017, podcast audiences have doubled in listenership. Um, we'll probably be up to a billion podcast listeners in the next two years or so. Yeah. Um, so the the amount of people that are listening are going to con- it's going to continue to grow. It's just yeah. a better version of radio. It's yeah. literally just a better version of radio. Like, why would anybody listen to FM radio anymore if you totally. just listen to a podcast? It's it's like all the people that are on FM radio or XM radio also have podcasts. Like, you want to listen to The Breakfast Club? Cool. Do it on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's on demand. Why would you not want to be able to skip through stuff or move over or, like, pick something else instead of just, like, well, I'm on, I'm on this station, so I guess yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in for everything, the commercials and the static and, like, it's just, like, yeah. it's just a better way to do it, you know? So, like, especially as, like, older generations stop consuming content, younger generations keep coming up. Um, I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm very still very, very much yeah. still bullish on where podcasting's headed. Absolutely. I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, there's so many independent podcasters like you and I, where, you know, we started with our own shows, we're interviewing people or just talking about a topic. And on the flip side, there's of course, like platforms like Blue Wire or, or different podcast networks that, mm-hmm. you know, own their shows. They have all these incredible talent that they're bringing on. Um, how do you look at the landscape there when it comes to, the dominance of the um you know the networks or whether that's like you know the big big like cnns of the world whatever it may be like back then when i launched my show i remember i used to be like you know top 20 top 50 charts there was like not many shows out there so yeah, it was so right. not so easy but easier to rank right where nowadays like the competition when it comes to great content out there it's challenging you know yeah. and i think I've, I've felt that firsthand i'm sure you have as well where just like seeing the landscape, it's, it's on one end, it's so cool to see because, sure. you know, the industry has grown so much since 2017, 2018. 
But um, I'd love to get your thoughts on that one because it comes to um, how you think about the idea of rankings and you know getting your content out there overall. Yeah, I, I tend to not be a complainer on those things uh, because it's only good for the user experience, uh, and that's how that's how the market works. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like <laughs> yeah, I, love I, that. I know a bunch of independent kind of podcasters that get all upset about like, well, all these people come in with all this money, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, so you're gonna whine about them forcing you to put out better quality content and provide a better experience for the people that listen to your show? Like, that makes you upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I get I it because it kind of <laughs> sucks if you're used to getting all this free traffic from like ranking, and now you can't rank. Yeah. And it's more difficult. Like, I get it. I'm on the same boat as you. Yeah, but at the same time, like the end goal is a better user experience, is a better listener experience. And so if they're providing that by syndicating these these uh, shows and sourcing talent, I mean, more power to them, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and like you can either like whine about it or you can make your content better. You can learn how to market your show. You can like learn new skill sets to, to increase the odds of you yeah. being one of the people that maybe gets a brand deal or maybe gets... Uh, a, a network to bring you on or something like that. Like they're yeah. like, that's the cool thing about it is like these networks, they're not, they're not, they know that just because somebody's famous, that does not mean that their show is going to be good. Yeah. So totally. they're more interested in finding people who already have audiences built in like you or me and saying like, Hey, how about you just come onto our network and we'll take a lot of the heavy lifting off of your plate and give you like cool studio setups and things like that in exchange for the listeners that you've been able to build for the last few years. And it puts you in a position to succeed a little bit easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like totally. that kind of stuff to me is only good. It's only good for the industry. Same. hundred percent. Um, I'd love to ask you, you know, if, if there's someone out there that's wanting to start a podcast, I know I talk about this a lot. Um, like what's your like go-to podcast checklist, right? Like if you were to restart and you wanted to start a show today and have the, you know, high chance of success, what would your cadence be? How would you think about launching a show and just what would be your checklist? Sure. And I mean, this is super fresh in my mind because figuring it out just launched like a month ago. Okay. Yep. Uh, so we actually just, just went through a process very similar to this and, and similar to what we were saying before we hit the record button, like I've been focusing so much on Guestio that I wasn't able to put as much time and thought into the new podcast as I was the old one. So like my producer and, and co-host yeah. and stuff kind of uh, handled the new one a little bit more. But uh, what, I, what I always think about is, uh, first of all, what's the goal of the show? Um, what are you trying to do with it? Is it downloads? Is it credibility? Is it authority? Is it relationships? Uh, figure that out first because that'll depict everything else. Number two is who's the what's the market? Who, who, what's the niche? Who, what, what are you going to be talking about? Who are you going to be talking to? Um, if you have zero authority, influence, or anything, this is the first thing you've ever done, picking a niche is super, super, super important because nobody's just going to listen to the show because it's you, right? Yeah. Like everybody just said, like so many people, bro, that I talked to about podcasting will tell me the same exact thing, which is like, I just want to kind of be like Joe Rogan. Like everybody <laughs> says that to me, you know? And yeah. it's just like, well, it only worked out for Joe Rogan because he's Joe Rogan. <laughs> like, because first of all, he started 12, 13 years ago when there yeah. was like, to your point, no podcast in existence. Uh, but he was also a super interesting person with that had lived a super interesting interesting life, had done hours and hours and hours of stand-up comedy on stages, knew how to communicate with people, had interesting friends they could have interesting conversations with. Like, you're not Joe Rogan. Yeah. And if you're not <laughs> Joe Rogan now or back then. Like, even if you started it back then, you still wouldn't be Joe Rogan. But if you did back then, maybe you had a chance because there were just no shows out there. Yeah. So now with the saturation of shows, like, you got to pick the – you got to find the blue ocean for yourself. So – What's the goal? What's the niche? What's the topic? Like, what are you even talking about? Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, if you if you want like a a good launch, I'm always thinking about let's get five to seven episodes in the queue ready to go before before we hit the launch button. Really, I want two months of content. So if you're releasing one a week, that's 
eight episodes plus three to five at launch, you're looking at like 12 to 15 episodes in the can before you hit the launch button. Um, <clears throat> and so we, we launch with that and then we always like, so for this, this past launch, we did a release every single day for the first two full weeks of the wow. show. Um, because algorithms like an increased number of content. And this is how we were able to get onto the top philosophy charts Love that. Uh, with the new show is Congrats. that we released. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, and you know how difficult it is yeah. anymore. Like, like you said, a few <laughs> years sure. ago, it was really easy. Like almost any, like if you just yeah. get 20 reviews on your show and in, in like a day, it's like, Oh, top charts. Yeah. New and noteworthy. Now, it, now it's way more difficult. So we're still able to get onto the top philosophy charts, uh, because I, I think it's because we launched an episode every single day and we had a marketing budget going into it. Yeah. Um, th and that's really, that's really the, the, you know, the quote unquote quote cheat code if you will yeah. it's just like if you if you don't have any existing audience anywhere and you don't have any money to market the show then the odds of it gaining a lot of traction is really 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 low especially yeah. on a podcast because it's not a search directory it's not youtube youtube's a search engine yeah. run like it's the number two search engine ran by the number one search engine. <laughs> podcasting yep. is not that way yeah you know if you do not share and market probably nobody's going to ever find the show. And that's yeah. why you have the majority of podcasts will never make it past a hundred downloads an episode. And that's why, because they think that they can just like put out content and people are just going to find it. And it is yeah. just, it's way more likely to happen on TikTok or YouTube or some of these other platforms that are geared for discovery. Podcasting is not geared for discovery. It's geared for like furthering and deepening relationships, not yeah. necessarily for like the initial discovery part of the process. Love um, that. So yeah, uh, uh, have a bank of episodes. If you can get really great guests, that helps. Like we yeah. launched the show with Shaquille O'Neal as a guest. Yeah, Rob that was epic. As a guest, like <laughs> if you can have a good lineup of people that other people might know, like and trust with, they don't know you at all. Yeah, that obviously is super helpful. Um, and then you couple that with a good marketing campaign, and that's how you know we, we yeah. launched our last show and and got up on the top charts. I think we'll pass fifty thousand downloads in our first month on that show. Congrats! Um, that's yeah, so epic. Thank you, man. Yeah. So. That's, that's a solid a, checklist. That's if people are yeah. listening, like listen to that <laughs> one more time. Like that's, that's the key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Very it, cool. It, you just gotta, you gotta be willing to plan it out. And, yeah. You know, and uh, that takes a lot of time. And I think, yeah, it's like that time and commitment is what is the real make or break. Yeah. You treat it like I tell people all the time, like you treat your podcast like a hobby. It'll pay you like a hobby. If you yeah. treat it like a business, it'll pay you like a business. So how would you launch a business? How would you market yeah. a business? How would you, how would you set yourself up for success if you're putting out a new business? Yeah. You know what I mean? Love that. Um, love to talk about Guestio. I, I think that I, f I feel like we can relate on so much because we both have tech companies. We're not, you know, developers ourselves. We're building teams. We're navigating that water. Um, would love to just hear about your experience with, you know, Guestio since launch. And, you know, for anyone that's out there that's, you know, launching a company, whether that's tech or not, uh, I'm, I'm sure I can learn a lot from you as well. So would love to just understand from launch to now, the lessons learned, the you know the challenges as well as the successes, yeah. um, and obviously for everyone listening, you know we'll make sure they check it out. Yeah, uh, I mean, dude, it's been. I'm sure you can kind of attest to the same thing. I, I've done a lot of different stuff in you know the last decade. This has been like the most difficult thing. I've ever done. <laughs> like it's so stressful. It, it was it, the last six months of 2021 was like some of the most stressful like months of my entire life. Yeah. And, and of course for me in particular, it didn't help that I had like a newborn at home <laughs> and my son is like, was like two at the time, you know, yeah, totally. so like the, those things definitely add a ton of, um, obviously, uh, stress by themselves. Um, even though they're all good things and the, the software was kind of the same thing. It was like, this is a cool thing, but also it's super stressful. Um, and 
I think it was probably just because like I'm used to like my backgrounds in door to door sales. I'm used to selling stuff. Yeah. And when I was building, when we were really focused on like building out the product in the software, it was just a, it was a completely different world, man. Cause like we raised over a million in our seed round. And then when we started, uh, you know, de- deploying some of that capital and, and putting it to work, you, you start burning money, right? You have a burn yeah. rate. And I hate having a burn rate. <laughs> like it makes me stressful to like look at a PL and see like this much money going out of our bank account and like no money coming into yeah. our bank account. It's like, it's just a ticking time bomb. It's like, yeah. when, at what point are we going to explode? Like, we, yeah. we, we, we're going to have to raise more capital. We're going to figure out how to monetize this, like, really, really fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was just a very stressful period uh, uh, for me. And so what what I learned through that, though, was just, like, lean into the things that you're really good at and hire out the things that you're not really good at. And so for me, I got so bogged down. I, I thought that I had to wear the hat of like product developer, <laughs> not, not software developer, but product developer. Right. So yeah. like product owner where I was like in the software, I was talking to users, I was getting feedback on like, where does this button go? And where, what's the next step in the process and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I, I tried to wear this hat and become like the product person at my company. Cause I didn't feel like I could afford to hire a good product person. Yeah. And, uh, that was what completely stressed me out. Cause I, I had no idea what I was doing. I read some books and like got some mentorship and brought in some people but at the same time, like it just is not in my wheelhouse. It's not a strength of mine. And I was trying to make it that way. And I think that's what ultimately stressed me out. So what I did is I pulled back from that. And I said, what can I do to set myself up for success with the business the best way that I know how to do currently? And so at the beginning of 2022, since we pivoted to getting guests booked on shows, I was like, I know that there's a bunch of booking agencies out there. If we just kind of reinvent the model of doing a booking agency and we do it on the back end of this, we should be able to bring in some high ticket clients, bring in revenue and actually be able to feel comfortable hiring some bigger people at more like executive level type roles within the company instead of just contractors or a VA or something like that. And so that's what we started doing, man. Uh, And that's been so much better for my mental health (laughs) is is just like getting back to like build out a high ticket service, sell the service. I know we can deliver on it. And the cool thing is still powered by the engine of the software marketplace, which is what our advantage is over every other booking agency that's out there is that we're powered by software that makes our job that much easier to be able to deliver on. Um, and so, and so now we've, we've been able to bring on a good amount of clientele on the back end of that and actually turn revenue and actually, we're, we're actually profitable now. Very cool. Um, and so like now when we go to try to raise another round, we don't have to come from it. We don't have to come at it from like this point of desperation where it's like, if we don't get this money in three months, we're done. You yeah. know, it's not that anymore. Now it's yeah. like, okay, we got some breathing room. <laughs> we got some revenue. We got some profit. We have some case yeah. studies and, and the, and the nice thing about the agency model is that it's literally the same thing that we're selling on the software. Yeah. It's just that we do it for you. Yeah. So now it's almost like filling out a value ladder for us where it's like, oh, we have the do it yourself, which is the software. And then we have the done for you, which is the agency. And now, you know, we'll be focusing on like a done with you offer where you know, cool. we have people in the software doing the heavy lifting for you, but you're still involved in the process. And it'll be kind of like a, you know, in between point. So yeah. that was my big thing, man. Like you just gotta, you, you gotta lean into what you're good at yep. and then hire out for all the other things. And so for me, it was like, I'm good at generating revenue. So I'm going to go do that. <laughs> and then once we have enough of it, then I can go hire people that are good at all the stuff that I'm not yeah. good at and that I don't have any interest in becoming good at. Yeah. You know, because that's always the question. You do have to ask yourself that question, I think, as, as especially as a startup CEO, when you have to wear multiple hats all the time, you got to yeah. ask yourself the question, like, is this a skill set that I absolutely need to learn? 
Because some of the times the answer is going to be yes. You know what I mean? And so like for me, like being a real CEO, that was a, that the answer to that question was a resounding yes. I have yeah. to learn how to be a real CEO, not just a solopreneur that sells random shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like that was a skill set I could not afford to not learn. Yeah. But as far as like developing code or like uh, uh, managing <laughs> product development and stuff, yeah. like I don't have to do that and I don't want to do that. And I've learned that that's not something that's a good use of my time. Yeah. So I would rather build out this other offer, go be able to scale a little bit, bring in some more capital and then go hire somebody whose full-time job it is to do this thing. Cause they've done it 12 other times and they actually really enjoy it. You know, love that. No, that's solid. I can relate for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. very cool. Um, what have you learned from, um, like all the different podcasts that you're, you're booking on? I'd love to hear just, uh, in terms of the level of shows, how you book guests, the conversations. Like I know for me, like I love having great conversations, but I'm a business show that does interviews. Um, I, I know there's, you know, there's a lot of great shows out there. It, it, do you tend to um, like have guests on the same shows or what's your sort of theory there in terms of guest booking? Because like for me, obviously, I, I'd love to have some incredible guests on my show through you. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just curious to know like the... Um, the conversations with other guests, whether, sure. whether that's direct to the guest itself or the host or through their manager. Yeah, we tend to we tend to really work with basically any show that'll give us a time of day in terms of the show side. But on the guest side, what we do is when we're like looking for people to match with each other or we're looking yeah. to like place a guest on a particular show. Uh, first of all, the thing that differentiates us is that we pay all the hosts that we work with. So they love us. You know, yeah. we, we literally, we had somebody sign up. Actually, he does some recordings out of here himself. Um, we had somebody sign up with us, uh, up with us recently. Um, dude, he did $12,000 his first week on, wow. on Guestio, just like taking, accepting guest bookings. And all the guests that we brought him were people that he would have interviewed anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just the difference is like we as the booking agency, we're not taking all the money. Yeah. We're basically the pass-through entity. We grab the money in a budget from the guest and then we deploy it with show hosts because we Got think it. that the show that actually built the audience is the one that deserves the majority of the money rather than the booking agency who didn't build the audience at all. Yeah, so, very cool. So we take that money, we deploy it with the show hosts that we work with. And we look at it from a high level perspective, meaning that like we, we're not just we're not just viewing it or basing the pricing and, and the matching on downloads alone. We're looking at it from a complete holistic perspective where we're taking into account their total social reach. We'll look at shows that are similar to their show. We'll look at how many ratings and reviews they have on their show. We'll look at uh, do they have an email list that they can send this uh, this episode to? Like, what what are some who are some past guests that they've had on their show? Are they yeah. well connected in their industry? Like, do they have an eight figure business that powers their podcast? Because sometimes you know you had a podcaster and it's like they just don't spend any time or money <laughs> or marketing like worry about growing the show. They use it just for like a credibility tool, but yeah. they're running like a multi eight figure business on the back end, even though they get like three hundred downloads an episode. <laughs> It's like, is that person still a quality person to put our guest with if yeah. they happen to have like a product or service that matches or they could do it a JV deal or an affiliate partnership or like they can raise capital for each other's funds or like yeah. what's the other connection piece? Because like when, when we're putting, putting together these campaigns, like we're not just focused on like total downloads or impressions or even lead gen or sales. Like we're yeah. focused on branding like top of funnel, number yeah. one, credibility, awareness, attention, authority, trust, all of those things. And then we're focused on um, business development and networking because that's been like the number one reason to have a podcast and to go on podcasts is 100%. just connecting to the people that you can have conversations with. And then lastly, we focus on like lead gen sales and actual like direct metrics of the campaign. So like when we, when we work with people, we're looking at it from like a, like a grand perspective of like, what's the 12 to 24 month, like long tail results yeah. of putting these two people together for an interview and a conversation. You know? Yeah. I love that. 
approach to it. So kudos to you guys for thinking through it like that. Yeah, uh, and, and I can relate so much. Like for our initial pre-seed round for Media Kids, like I would say 80% of the, the investors were like direct through my podcast one way or another, whether totally. I had them Same. on the show. Same. Yeah, and like uh, I know you can relate to that. Yep. So it's like my advisors. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, everyone. Every, yeah, like the first people that I called up where yeah. I was like, hey, I would think I want to build software, but I don't know anything about software. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. how do I do that? You know, like, I, I think I want to raise some money. How do I do that? Yeah. The people that I called up were people that were extremely qualified to answer my questions. And the only reason that I had a good work, working relationship with them is I had them on my show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, like, that's still the most important caveat to all everything that I do with the podcast is like, it comes back tenfold if you create the opportunity for it too. Yeah. So, totally. Um, yeah. I call it uh, engineering serendipity. Yeah. You know, like uh, serendipity is something that by definition cannot be engineered, but it kind of can be. Yeah. <laughs> like if you put yourself in more opportunities, you're going to find yourself to be a little bit luckier than most people are. Yeah. And I think podcasting is just one of those best ways to engineer more serendipity and luck in your life. Totally. Um, well, I, I know we're short on time, but Travis, I'd love to ask you one more question before we wrap up. Um, when you just think about the entire podcast landscape, um, what are you excited about when it comes to the future of this industry? And, you, you know, with, with Guestio, like what I would say fuels you, uh, not only internally at the company, but to really create this platform that helps uh, guests as well as the host. Yeah, for me, uh, the, one, of the, one of the worst parts about seeing podcasters is how often they quit and how often they fail and how few of them actually make it through to be successful shows. And one th reason for that, I think, is um, uh, their show doesn't fire them up because they're not in talking to interesting people and they don't make money from it. They don't know how to make money from it. And yeah. that's why with Guestio, we're able to allow shows to monetize a lot sooner than they would be able to just purely through sponsors. And yeah. then, you know, so we tell all of our people, it's like, like, you can start making two to 500 bucks a month on Guestio just by interviewing people yeah. and start with that, you know, take a hundred percent of that if you can and pour it directly back into either like, ha like directly back into the podcast business. So like, for instance, if you are not making any money and you're editing all your own episodes right now from like the hours of 9 PM to midnight yeah. after you get home from work, then like that's step number one, make two, 300, 400 bucks a month on Guestio and then take all of that and hire a producer. Now you yeah. just freed up another three hours of your time every day to not have to edit episodes. You can focus more on like, how do I get good guests or how do I start yep. monetizing the show more effectively? And then you, uh, if you can start marketing the show with a little bit of that money, then in six months from now, you're not charging 50 bucks for an interview anymore. You're charging like 250 bucks for an interview. Yeah. So like our, our kind of goal at Guestia, we've paid out almost $100,000 to creators so far this year. That's awesome. And so like we want to keep that going and we want to continue to put more money in the pockets of creators so that people can live a life that they're fired up by. Um, and uh, I think Guestio is like a really good vehicle to help people do that, especially as the space continues to expand, more people become aware of it. Yep. Um, and there's like, like all these platforms promise monetization, but it's all the <laughs> same form of monetization. It's always like, oh, we have sponsors. And it's like, yeah, yeah but if you're getting 400 downloads an episode, nobody wants to sponsor your show. And if they do, they'll pay you like 30 bucks a month. Yeah. It's like, that's not enough. To yeah. Make needle, <laughs> you know what I mean? So totally. yeah, our goal is just to help more creators be able to stay in the game longer uh, because we can help them monetize and have interesting conversations with people they actually want to have conversations with. Love um, that. And then long, long term, uh, and the reason, the reason why I had, and, and I'm sorry, sorry for Blue Wire to say this publicly, but the reason why I haven't been on a Blue in a Blue Wire's network and using their studio and stuff is that long term we also want to start our own network. 
um, which is something that I'm, that I'm really excited about uh, in terms of totally. the future and what we're going to be able to do in that space um, just with the, ne- the network and connections that we're creating and helping people monetize their shows. Um, I think it'll be a kind of an easy transition for us to start creating our own original content and have a studio yeah. space and all that kind of stuff, which is something I'm super stoked for. Very cool. Well, uh, well, Travis, for everyone that's tuning in today, I just want to wrap it up by saying, where's the best place where everyone can listen to your show, learn more about Guestio, and just follow you overall? Yeah, yeah. If you go to travischapel.com, you basically find everything on, on me. It's kind of like a hub. You can go to Guestio from there. My social links are there, all that kind of stuff. So travischapel.com, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L, travischapel.com. You can go over there and uh, find whatever you want about me over there. Sweet. Well, well, I appreciate you coming out today, man. I, you know, I know I uh, got you out here last minute, so I much love for you to make it out here. And uh, of course. for everyone that's tuning in, thank you so much for listening today. And of course, thank you so much for Blue Wire for having us. And I will talk to you guys soon.